Tim Akers with Akers Cattle from Iola, Texas. You're listening to latest news in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. Welcome to Texas Ag Today, a daily look at the latest news in Texas agriculture. Texas Ag Today is produced by the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network with the largest farm news team in the Lone Star State. Now here's the host of Texas Ag Today, Carrie Martin. Hello, Texas. We're ready to roll once again with another edition of Texas Ag Today. So jump on in with me. Buckle up. Let's take a ride around the Lone Star State as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state in the nation, Texas agriculture. In the news today, we've got more news from last week's Commodity Classic in New Orleans. I ran into several Texas farmers while I spent the weekend in the Big Easy, and they all had one thing on their mind. That was the increased cost of producing a crop this year. We'll have more on that coming up to kick off today's show. My name is Carrie Martin. I'm your host along with the largest and most experienced farm news team in the Lone Star State. And we're all standing by to bring you the latest news in Texas agriculture. From the Piney Woods of East Texas to the Rocky Ranges of the Trans-Pecos. And from the Panhandle down to the Rio Grande Valley. The drought that has already done so much damage to wheat in the Texas High Plains this winter is now a threat to our summer crops. I'm James Hunt, and I'll have that story on Texas Ag Today. Grants are now available through the Texas Partners for Conservation Program, administered by USDA's Natural Resources Conservation Service. I'm Tom Nicoletti, and I'll have those details on Texas Ag Today. This is James Duncan in Marshall, and spring is just around the corner. Production is being planned. Work is preparing to get things ready. Of course, we have a lot of other things going on. Junior livestock shows and sales lift the spirits of the people. We're just looking for the days ahead. We'll have those stories plus Texas wildlife news and a complete look at the markets all coming up. Farmers from across the country were in New Orleans last week for the annual Commodity Classic. And while they came from a variety of locations and backgrounds, everyone attending the Classic had one thing on their mind, the rising cost to produce a crop. I caught up with Texas farmer Robert Gordon of Dalhart, chairman of Texas Corn Producers. And, of course, what's on the mind of all farmers right now is um, cost of production. You know, our, our inputs are going up, and uh, right now we're not seeing much of a chance that that's going to decrease anytime soon. Of course, we are getting a little, you know, we're getting an increase in commodity prices too, but uh, I've been hearing a few spots where guys are having a hard time getting a bid from local elevators on some commodities. And, uh, you know, with everything being so volatile with what's going on in Ukraine, of course, and uh, it's kind of got the world in a turned over right now. Gordon says corn producers at the Commodity Classic were touting the possibility of using ethanol to replace oil imports from Russia. Texas farmers plant Texas A&M developed wheat varieties more than any other variety. The results are in, and it looks like Texas wheat farmers once again chose TAM114 as their favorite variety of wheat. 
The U.S. Department of Agriculture recently released its Texas Wheat Varieties Report, which was compiled using surveys of Texas wheat growers from December of 2021 and January of 2022. The farmers were asked to disclose their wheat acres that have been planted and will be planted by variety for the 2022 crop year. As I mentioned, the TAM114 variety remains in the top spot of wheat varieties planted in Texas. It accounts for 5.6% of acres planted. TAM204 is the second most popular variety with 5.1% of acres planted. Number three is TAM111 with 2.7% of acres planted. TAM-112, Gallagher, SY Razor, and TAM-105 came in at 5th through 7th place, respectively. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Domel. The planters continue to roll in Texas, making good progress with both corn and sorghum planting, showing significant planting progress compared to last week. The latest crop progress and condition reports showing 27% of the corn now planted here in Texas. That's ahead of 18% last week. Sorghum planting also making good progress. We're now looking at 18% of the sorghum in the ground. That's eight points ahead of last week's pace. The drought continues to take a toll on Texas High Plains agriculture. James Hunt reports from Amarillo. For Justin Garrett, who farms in the Dumas and Spearman areas, lack of moisture has taken a toll on his wheat production. Our dry land is pretty much done. I'm pretty sure it's a no-go. We will have, looks like, pretty decent wheat for irrigated. We put a lot more water on it now than we normally do. You know, for this year, every time we have a little bit of warm weather, we run the sprinklers and then shut them off and drain it for freezing nights. But while it's helping the wheat, pumping additional water means an additional expense. And Garrett says it's too early to tell whether those irrigated acres will be profitable. We had a really good run on the market here recently, but we've been burned before. We don't sell wheat until we have it in the bin. So (laughs) who knows? We'll see how it goes. I'm hoping these high prices that we have now will absorb some of this input damage. And with increasing concern as to whether we'll get enough rain for summer crops, Garrett says plans for the coming season have already been changed. We definitely had cotton slated for a lot of the dryland corners around our circles. We usually plant from the circles out into the corners at the same time. And this year, that's just not going to be a possibility. I think it's the first year we've had dryland cotton in our rotation and just chose not to do it. It's too dry. We'll have to do at least a milo there and and hope for a little bit more time for some rains to come in. Garrett will be able to plant some cotton this season, irrigated, of course, to go along with corn, all the while hoping, like many others, that our drought will end sometime soon. This has been pretty awful for such a long term. Reminds us of 2011. The only difference, I think, from 2011 is we've got a little bit more humidity. We started out pretty well, but I don't know. If the winds stay down, I think we'll survive it okay. But if the winds get going, it's going to be a tough one. I'm James Hunt on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. New conservation grants are available to Texas farmers through the Natural Resources Conservation Service. Tom Nicoletti has the story. My guest from Temple is Rob Zier. He is Assistant State Conservationist for Partnerships with the Natural Resources Conservation Service. And uh, Rob, U.S. Department of Agriculture and NRCS has announced recently uh, grant opportunities for partners to receive funding through its Texas Partners Conservation Program. Applications must be submitted through the website grants.gov by May 6th of this year. 
who are those partners who can apply? The partnership is open to entities of government, higher education, such as private and public, 501c3 nonprofit organizations. Why is this program and conservation of natural resources so important? So we began this program last year, and it's important to us to engage with our partners. We appreciate assistance that they provide to us in providing that voluntary conservation assistance to private landowners. And so we look to our partners to come in with us and help us to address the state priority needs for conservation. And by reaching out to our partners, we're able to bring in just a broad array of different thoughts and ideas of how better to just get conservation on the land and provide that assistance to the private landowner. I encourage our partners to look at it uh, closely and to reach out if they have any questions. They can go to grants.gov. They can search by the state and they can filter it down to Natural Resources Conservation Service. And they should be able to find the grant application, which is called Texas Partners for Conservation. That again is Rob Zier. He is with the Natural Resources Conservation Service in Temple. I'm Tom Nicoletti with the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. East Texas farmers and ranchers are ready for spring. James Duncan has an update from Marshall. In East Texas, we are preparing for spring crop planting. Well, we're not a major producer on the large uh, scale of some folks. We do have producers that face the same challenges as everyone else. There are many growing for either uh, farm vegetable produce on the roadside market or at farmer's markets in the counties that we operate in. And there will be a major player for the food supply chain this year since the storage and shortages have become commonplace in the major food supply chains. But corn seed prices, fertilizer, and other concerns are really hitting our producers right now. We know that there's a seed shortage in many of the varieties that we like to plant here that really do well, however, historically anyway, If you have seed in storage from last year, guard it carefully and use it wisely. Uh, Consumers can expect higher roadside and farmer market prices. Cattle markets here are steady to higher with the usual around the state at this time. The spring pastures are really coming on and the summer market, if it'll hold like it is right now, will be okay. Stay on top of your local auction barn information. Winter and springtime in East Texas is always up and down weather-wise, and that remains steady. We just love it a whole lot better. But one thing is for sure, our people love good junior livestock shows right in here locally. I'm not talking about the big shows in Houston, San Antonio, Fort Worth. I'm talking about homegrown, home time. I have had the opportunity to be at two different ones in the past two or three weeks. Rust County Junior Livestock Show had a three-night sale. One for heifers on Thursday, projects on Friday, and this run of champions on Saturday. All were very successful. Same thing with the Panola County Junior Livestock Show. Harrison County's Farm City Week is coming up at the end of March. So that always brings a cheer uh, to your heart. And we're rooting for the kiddos because every one of them use that money to move on in a project next year or in college at this very present time. So let's just keep the good attitude right now. It'll all work out for us, and our spirits will be high when the sun keeps shining. This is James Duncan reporting from East Texas for Texas Ag Today. The Texas Parks and Wildlife Commission is considering a few changes to hunting regulations for the coming year. I'm Jessica Domel, and I'll have details coming up on Texas Ag Today. 
and highly pathogenic avian influenza has been reported in several areas of the U.S. Texas veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd has more on that coming up next, right here on Texas Ag Today. Break out your camera and snap a pic for the Texas Farm Bureau Photo Contest. You or someone you know can share your best photo with the entire Lone Star State and maybe win some cash, like $250 for first place, $200 for second place, and $100 for honorable mention. The contest is open to Texas Farm Bureau members or an immediate family member. Rural settings and lifestyles are the preferred themes for all submissions and contestants are limited to one entry per person. Top four winners will be selected and published in the July edition of Texas Agriculture and the summer edition of Texas Neighbors. Snap your pick now for the Texas Farm Bureau Photo Contest. The entry deadline is June 1st. Visit TexasFarmBureau.org for complete contest rules. That's TexasFarmBureau.org. We're keeping you informed on everything happening in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. Highly pathogenic avian influenza has been reported in several areas of the U.S. Dr. Bob Judd tells how that affects us here in Texas. Highly pathogenic avian influenza, also called HPAI, was found in turkeys in Indiana, chickens in Kentucky, and in several species of birds in Virginia. The disease was previously reported in wild birds in January, and this is not unusual as wild birds can be infected with HPAI and can carry the disease to new areas while migrating. The Centers for Disease Control indicates no human cases have been reported and there is no need for public health concern at this time. The United States has a good monitoring program for avian influenza and the United States Department of Agriculture is monitoring the areas and looking for disease at commercial poultry operations live bird markets, and migratory wild bird populations. Although the disease has not been found in Texas as of February the 14th of this year, the Texas Animal Health Commission encourages Texas poultry owners to strengthen their biosecurity practices in commercial and backyard flocks. Creating a barrier between your flock and migratory birds is important to prevent infection. Avian influenza affects domestic poultry, fowl, and birds such as chickens, turkeys, pheasants, ducks, geese, and guinea fowl. There are many strains of avian influenza, and this highly pathogenic strain is extremely infectious and can spread rapidly. Transmission is airborne or by contaminated objects like shoes or tools. Signs include sudden death, loss of energy, swelling of the head, eyelids, comb, waddles, and hocks, coughing and sneezing, and soft-shelled eggs with decreased egg production. I'm veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd. This is the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. The Texas Parks and Wildlife Department is considering a few changes in hunting regulations for the upcoming year. Jessica Domel has the details in today's wildlife report. The Texas Parks and Wildlife Commission is now accepting comments on a series of proposed changes to statewide hunting regulations for the 2022-23 season. The first proposal would allow hunting with firearms in Collin, Dallas, Grayson, and Rockwall counties. Alan Kane, Whitetail Deer Program Leader for the Texas Parks and Wildlife Department, discussed the proposal with the commission. Those in opposition perceive possible issues that include increased poaching, safety issues with the discharge of 
farms, a declining deer population, or a current population is not large enough to allow for the take by firearm, impact of buck age structure, the number of trophy bucks in that population, and simply the tradition of archery only hunting in these counties. The vast majority of these reasons for opposition are not unique to these four counties. You could say this about any county in the state that we currently allow firearm seasons and quite frankly don't necessarily justify retaining archery only during all seasons. Those supporting take by firearm cite a number of reasons including giving landowners a choice. Also noting that firearm harvest is a necessary and efficient tool to manage deer populations, especially on high fence properties. Again, with CWD present in nearby Hunt County, uh, allowing take by firearm could be very important to help manage deer populations at lower deer densities as a management strategy to reduce disease spread or contain the disease should it be present in that free-ranging population out there. And firearm hunting expands opportunities for more hunters that don't use archer equipment. The public can comment on the proposal through March 23rd on the TPWD public comment page. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Domel. The Russia-Ukraine war continues to affect our agricultural markets. We'll take a look at how it affected the livestock, cotton, grain, energy, and financial markets coming up next. Keep it right here on Texas Ag Today. This is Jessica Domel with the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. I've spent my entire life involved in agriculture, so I know how stressful farming and ranching can be. Things like the economy, finances, and the weather increase our stress levels and can leave us feeling defeated. That's where the Texas Agri-Stress Helpline comes in. Write this number down, 833-897-2474. That is 833-897-2474. Have you experienced problems like rising costs, market fluctuations, family conflicts, or extreme weather? Are you feeling stressed and defeated? Well, it is okay to ask for help. Call the Texas Agri-Stress Helpline. Here's the number again, 833-897-2474. That is 833-897-2474. If you can't write it down right now, just remember you can go to farmlifehelp.com. That is farm lifehelp.com. Even the toughest people need help sometimes. Don't wait. Call today. We're giving you the market information you need on Texas Ag Today. The cattle market finished mixed on Wednesday with live cattle prices lower while feeder cattle finished mixed. Of course, the grain markets continuing to have an effect on the cattle markets, and we saw a big drop in the grain markets on Wednesday. That helped to boost feeder cattle prices higher, but it didn't help live cattle. April live cattle dropped a dollar fifty to close at one thirty nine thirty five. June down a dollar twenty seven one thirty five fifty two, while August live cattle were down eighty cents one thirty six fifty. The feeder market was mixed with the nearby contracts higher, the deferreds lower. March feeders up 90 cents, 157.25. April feeder cattle up two at 162.62, while May feeders were down two cents, 167.27. Cash fed cattle market still at a standstill on Wednesday. We've got a standoff between the feedlots and the packers. The packers bidding 138 here in the south, 140 up north. However, feedlots are asking 142 this week. We had the online fed cattle exchange sell on Wednesday. No cattle sold. 
Nothing met the reserve prices, which ranged from 140 to 142. Boxed beef prices mixed on Wednesday. Choice was up 60 cents at 258.50, while Select was down 68 at 248.16. Now let's check the auction barns. We're walking the pens with Larry Marble. I hear cattle in the alleyway. That means they had a sale in Three Rivers on Monday. Let's talk to Riley Rhodes right quick. Riley, how did your Monday sale turn out? Well, it went pretty good, Larry. Uh, market a little better than what it was, <clears throat> excuse me, last week. Uh, put on a little bit on these calves, and uh, cow market was actually a little higher as well, cows and bulls. So uh, ended up uh, ended up with a good sale, uh, 1,313 head today. Uh, some pears, uh, not seeing many of them, but uh, had a handful, 850 up to 1,475. Bread cows, 775 up to 1,175. Uh, high yielding packer cows, 92 to 98. Breakers, 84 to 92. Canners, 40 to 68. High yielding packer bulls, one. 4 to 110, low to medium yielding bulls 88 to $1.4. Uh, two to three weight choice steers 178 to 202, heifer mates 148 to 172. Uh, three to four weight choice steers, 178 to 204. Heifer mates, 142 to 164. Four to five weight choice steers, 170 to 198. Heifer mates, 140 to 162. Five to six weight choice steers, 168 to 192. Heifer mates, 138 to 152. The six to seven weight choice steers, 144 to 160. Heifer mates, 128 to 138. Seven to eight weight choice steers, 132 to 144. And heifer mates, 122 to 136. So pleased with it. You know, it looks like, uh, you know, with the dry weather and all the high cost and everything. It was kind of nice to see the market rebound a little bit from last week. Uh, uh, so we ended up having a good sale. Ended up with a little over 1300 hit. Well, tell everybody how to get a hold of you for that next sale next week in Three Rivers. 361-813-6650 is a sale. 361-786-2553 is the office. LiveOakLivestock.com is the web. Neighbor, I'm Larry Marble in deep south Texas reporting for Texas Ag Today. Thanks, Larry. Back over to the futures market now where Lean Hogs finished the day mix with a nearby April down two cents at 102.37. May Hogs up 35, 111 even. Class 3 milk was mixed. March milk up two, 22.39. April milk down 46 cents at 22.95, 100 weight. The Russia-Ukraine conflict continuing to affect our cotton and grain markets, but affects those markets differently. We have talks of a possible ceasefire, and that helped to boost the cotton market, but it weighed heavily on the grain markets. May cotton was up 120 points to close at 119.80. October cotton up 90 points, 106.96, while December cotton was up 88 at 102.63. Those ceasefire talks pushing the corn market lower with May down 28 cents, 7.30 a bushel. New crop September corn down 23 and a quarter at 6.47 a bushel. The talks pushed the wheat market limit down across the board. July, Kansas City wheat down 85 cents at 10.58 and a half, while July, Chicago wheat was limit down 85 cents, 10.42 and a half. In the energy markets, April natural gas was up 18 cents at 4.75. April crude oil down a dollar 52, 94.92 a barrel. The financial markets higher Wednesday afternoon. The Dow up 518 points, 34,063. The Nasdaq up 487 points at 13,436. The S&P up 95, 4,357. That wraps up our look at the markets, and that wraps up this edition of Texas Ag Today. 
I'm Terry Martin. Hope to see you back here next time as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state on the planet, Texas agriculture. Thanks for listening to Texas Ag Today. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. For more Texas Ag news and information, check out our website at texasfarmbureau.org or dfbradio.com. Texas Ag Today is a production of the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.